Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now. Back to Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. It's Larry Kruger at Stan Bone on this Thursday. A happy new year to one and all. Golden State Warriors coming up tonight, taking on a Miami Heat team. Update me again on some of those those injuries, as the Heat certainly won't be at full strength tonight, Larry. Yeah, no Jimmy Butler. So uh, Jimmy Butler is sitting out his fourth consecutive game. He's got that calf injury. So he is out, and he's not the only one out. It's uh, Kyle Lowry with just listed as general soreness, and Caleb Martin, who played for Muscleman at Nevada. He's got the ankle, and they're both going to sit out uh, the game. This is the first of their five-game road trip, and they're saying Josh Richardson um, is doubtful. He's got a back injury. So, I mean, that's that's major. I mean, um, Butler's thirty-four, but he's averaging twenty-one a game, five rebounds. Uh, he's, you know, he's he's played well, and and Lowry, you know, say what you want, he's thirty-seven. He's a little long in the tooth at this point, but still, um, he's played twenty-eight games. He started all twenty-eight, nine points, four assists, three point seven rebounds. So, and and Caleb Martin's a double-figure scorer. So the Heat are going to be um, short-handed, as they say tonight. And the Warriors with an opportunity to take full advantage and, again, uh, maybe start another winning streak after their most recent was snapped at the hands of Denver. Just getting back to that Nugget game, listen, nobody wants to hear that moral victory, but I, I felt as though that the sa- this team is still on that same trajectory since they, you know, they brought in the youngsters. They had that big victory against the Boston Celtics last Tuesday. And despite the loss, because I think Denver... Uh, pound for pound is still the best team in the NBA, the odds-on favorite to win the NBA championship again. And the Golden State Warriors, again, if you want to put this on the referees and Jokic going to the line as frequently as he did, the kids were right there. And, you know, this balance of what we're seeing and good signs with Andrew Wiggins, who was huge against Denver. Yeah. Hopefully he's coming out of it. But this Trace Jackson Davis specifically and Brandon Pajemski, uh, these guys are well beyond their years. And you you talked about uh, Dunleavy Jr. And I, I think that you know he is in his first year where you're you're not picking in the lottery to come up with these two guys, especially Pajemski, where you're like, what are you doing getting a guard? We're stacked at the guard position. But he obviously saw something. I, I'm a believer in, in Dunleavy. You know the one thing I've wanted to do, Larry, with Dunleavy, if I, if I had the opportunity, if I'm having a beer with the guys, come on, man, just between you and I. If you had that lottery the last two years, you're not going Kaminga and Moody. What is it that you're doing here? And I know Kaminga, he's played well, but it's it's taken a while, and the, the jury's still out to a certain degree. But I'm wondering, because you know, uh, Bob Myers has missed on a lot of guys, and this isn't a referendum. I'm not going after Bob Myers, but Dunleavy has proven in a, in a short time that he's one of those guys that you know is... is He's innovative, and he sees something that maybe other people don't, and that's usually what you're looking for in a GM. Well, I, I think they were blessed to get Kuminga at 7. I think Kuminga could have gone 1. I mean, Kuminga, the fact that he fell to 7 was just an unbelievable you know, uh, stroke of luck. As far as Moses Moody, I am absolutely convinced, and you, there's nothing you could say that would convince me otherwise, that they wanted Duarte. I saw Joe Lakeup. They did the close-up of Lakeup in the war, Warrior War Room when Duarte went to Indiana, or wh- whoever he went to. Was it, it was Indiana. It was Indiana. He got traded. He's... he's He's, he's with in sack. Phoenix, or sack, sack. Now, yeah, yeah, he's in sack. Um, but Duarte, he wanted Duarte. 
He wanted Duarte for sure. I mean, the look on Joe's face, Joe, you know, as soon as that pick was announced, he was like, you know, I think Moody's worked out all right. Um, you know, he didn't play hardly at all against Denver, but, you know, Moses is is a is a nice player. I like him. I don't know if he's a, you know, a great player, but I think he's a rotation player. Um, and, and there's many nights where I thought, man, I'd like to see Moses get a few more minutes. Um, but... Yeah, I, I think I think if they had if you if we had Joe here and we could give him truth serum and he had to tell us the truth, he would have told us they wanted Kuminga and Duarte. My issue with Kuminga is sort of like the G League Ignite. I know it's still in its infancy, but you've got is it who's the the guys of Detroit? Caleb uh, Green or no? Uh, who's the guy that came out two years ago? Ivy. Jalen Green on Jaylen Houston. Green. Jalen Green on Houston. You talk about and then you have the young man with Portland, Scoot Henderson. Both very underwhelming. And both coming out of that G League Ignite. I'm not I'm just sort of connecting dots that maybe aren't there, but it makes you think that as opposed to somebody that's coming out of the you know, the Big Ten or somebody like that, of a Trace Jackson Davis who's played in big games who's had to shoot free throws in front of 25,000 fans, who's been in tournaments, whether it's the Big Ten Championship or the NCAA Tournament. And what are you doing in the G League Ignite? You're playing on a Tuesday in Grand Rapids in front of like 25 people? I, I just, I don't know. Until I see somebody come out of that G League Ignite, which all they do is honing these young men and getting them ready for the NBA draft, I think in the, you know, the initial years at least, I've I've yet to see that guy where I'm like okay yeah G League Ignite that's let's it's proven that it's 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 worth uh, taking somebody coming out of there but I think Kaminga and 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 everybody else the before mentioned are still sort of you know we're unsure as to just where they're going to be in three to five years I, to me it's just too small of a sample size I want to see four or five more years of guys. You know, now it's a viable option, right? You can play internationally, you can play college ball, or you could play the you know the G League Ignite route. Um, and you're right, but I mean, is it is it uh, are you going to blame the the G League Ignite experience, or is it that certain players want to play in the G League Ignite and don't want to play major college ball? I don't know. I mean, it's like, and then what are you getting at a major college ball that you're not getting? I've, I've seen it argued both ways. Let's just say that. I've heard it argued both ways that the G League Ignite is a superior proving ground and that the defensive principles that you learn in big-time college basketball are superior and that that's the better route. As I said, to me, I need a bigger sample size. I need to see more guys you know, play and, and more years go by before I could say, well, you know, this is superior to that. Or, you know what, the G League Ignites really like pro ball, and it's like getting your pro career started early, as opposed to, you know, what you're doing in college. I would say the G League Ignites probably closer to the NBA game, but the college defensive principles that are being drilled into you by the college coaches probably also have a benefit. You know what I'm saying? And then you could convince me that playing internationally against grown men, um, you know, might be the best proving ground or the best developmental um, you know, step to take. So, you know, it's weird. I, I have thought about it. If like I had a son who was great at basketball and he, for whatever reason, was con considering all three options, what would I advise him? And I don't really know. I mean, I don't, I, I would probably say go to college just because I think there's something to be gained from the whole college experience. And if you're going to make mistakes, go make them on a college campus and not, you know, as you're traveling the, the world or something, it's probably safer to make those mistakes. But I don't know. I mean, the college game's a big business. It's big business too. That's true. I think, well, I don't know if it's by accident that after Kaminga and Moody and some of these teenagers that they went with somebody like that of Trace Jackson Davis at 23 years of age, four years at the University of Indiana under the tutelage of Mike Woodson, who played and coached at the NBA level and is a high, high reputation. And I think that you're, you're seeing some of that maturity. I was taking calls yesterday, and people were actually you know, throwing the race card out there that, that Steve Kerr is favoring these young white guys, to quote one of the callers, the Pajemskis, and last year is DiVincenzo. But I think the Trace Jackson Davis, and especially Pajemski, these guys are sort of old souls. Now, I know Pajemski's 
basically two years at the collegiate level. But uh, there is a you know there's a twinkle in that guy's eye. And, and Trace Jackson Davis at age 23, and and you know for you and I, once you get to a certain age, two or three years doesn't sound like very much, but 20 to 23 is that's a lifetime. And I think Trace Jackson Davis is is showing everybody that. You know, he's he's well beyond not only does he physically have the tools, but you can just see the temperament. And I think that that was by design after taking two youngsters that they wanted to go in another direction to get somebody who was a little bit longer in the tooth, if you will. And it's amazing how so many teams in the NBA are so in love with upside that they that a guy like Trace Jackson Davis would fall to fifty seven. I mean that's that's an that's kind of embarrassing actually that a guy that developed who played in maybe the best league Big Ten basketball is probably the, one of the best leagues uh, in the college game and he falls to fifty seven there had to be a backstory there um, he's just too talented the guy can run the floor he can block shots he can rebound oh and he can pass <laughs> and he knows how to play and he's really solid. Um, and his dad, you know, he's a second-generation NBA player. I mean, there's just so many positive attributes of Trace Jackson Davis. I remember I was just thrilled when I saw that they drafted him. Um, and that's just an unbelievable... It's unbelievable. When you look at some of the names of the guys who were drafted in front of him, Trace Jackson Davis does a lot of the same skill set things that Draymond Green does. Rebounds the ball. He knows how to set a pick. He can block a shot. Uh, he knows where to play, how to play, and how to play off of off the ball. Um, there's so many young players that have no idea how to play off the ball. So I, I think Kerr actually erred by not playing Trace Jackson Davis more minutes earlier, and they may need a trade to kind of unclog the minutes that you know when Draymond comes back, so that Trace Jackson Davis continues to develop. But and then Pajemski. You know, I interviewed Pajemski this summer, um, and his agent is Bill Duffy, who's a good buddy of mine, and we got him on my show and everything. I really like Brandon a lot, but, man, there were an awful lot of people, and I was one of them going, you passed on Cam Whitmore? He fell to you at, at, at 19, and you passed on Cam Whitmore because he, he had a bad attitude and some workouts uh, for Pajemski? But then watching Pajemski... His knowledge of the game, his ability to rebound. I mean, Dan, that to me is the thing that really stands out. Brandon Pajemski, when you rebound, you play. You know, like if you're like, well, do we play him? Do we not play him? If anybody who rebounds consistently typically plays in basketball, high school, college, pro, if you rebound, you're going to get minutes. And Pajemski, his knack for rebounding is awesome. I mean, when you really think about. The side. I mean, he's in some Smallest ways guy on the floor. He's a he's kind of a in some ways he's a better version of uh, DiVincenzo. All right, we got to get to a break and we continue. Let's stay on Brandon Pajemski. I want to talk a little bit more about him and of course get you ready for coming up tonight. It's the Warriors and the Miami Heat right here on ninety five seven. The game. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. It's Larry Kruger and it's Dan Bone. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to Willard and Dibs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. And while you're there, check out the Morning Roast conversation with Anthony Slater and the Warriors. Speaking of the Golden State Warriors, we've been diving into some Jonathan Kaminga talk, Trace Jackson Davis. I just wanted to stay with BP, as he's known, Brandon Pajemski, because I I think these guys are sort of like, he's one of one. You don't, there's a high level of risk with every draft, whether it's the NBA and the NFL. And, and this is, this is one of those guys that it's not so much what it is that he does on the floor, because he's obviously impactful. You talked about the rebounding. But there is an infectious attitude in just the charges this guy takes that I just think resonates with people. He is, you know, he's one of those guys that just, he's not wowed by the moment. And I also was taking a lot of calls yesterday that people were pointing out it's just unfair how he's been able to leapfrog and jump Jonathan Kaminga as far as minutes. Jonathan Kaminga is in his third year, and Bajemski's getting more, more, more run, more time. And I was asked, well, why is that? My response is, is because he's so much further along, as is Trace Jackson Davis. When you just talk about how these guys are wired and just sort of the game itself is not too fast, as it was for Jonathan Kaminga the first two and a half years, it's obviously slowing down for him now. But Brandon Pajemski, for a rookie, very rarely does he have the deer in the headlights or does he make the sort of blatant, repeated mistakes that you saw by Jonathan Kaminga early on in his career? Although, again, he's at a place now that it's we have, you know, that he's he's at his most effective in his NBA career, and we hope that continues. But for whatever reason, and you just don't know this with Brandon Pajemski or any rookie until they get an opportunity to play, and sometimes you hit on a guy that just looks like he's been doing this his entire life, Larry. And I think that that, this is a special, special basketball player. And I know I'm being a bit effusive, but you just don't meet guys or you don't find guys like this that you can play immediately and feel comfortable with the ball in his hands in the closing moments. And that's included in you know the last 90 seconds of a game that's hanging in the balance in the fourth quarter. I mean, a lot of it comes down to rebounding. You know, I mean, I in my mind, I mean, it's also there's a lot that goes into it. But I mean, look at look at Pajemski, six point nine rebounds per game. That's what he averages. Kuminga averages three point eight. Kuminga is the bigger six eight. Yeah, Kuminga's is he? And I thought he's more like six ten. I mean, he's definitely big. I mean, he's a six nine six eight guy, but he plays big. Uh, he's got huge vert. He's a great athlete, long arms. He's a phenomenal talent. Um, but he averages three point eight rebounds a game, and Pajemski <laughs> averages close to seven. So I think there's that. And then, um, I, though, I'll say this: I, I, if if I if Steve were sitting here and I said Steve. You know, if he said, "Hey, what do you think?" I would say, "Not that he would," but if he did, um, I'd say play Kuminga more, play Trace Jackson Davis more, stay with Kuminga more, um, develop Kuminga. The fact that they got to the playoffs last year and it was like two, one or two games of Kuminga, and it was like, "Get him off the floor." I mean that that was that means you didn't do enough in the regular season to either define his role properly, communicate enough to him, or bring him along enough in the regular season. I mean Charles Barkley calls the playoffs the NBA's second season. It goes on and on and on and on. It started Halloween. You got all of December, all of January, all of March, April when the playoffs start. I mean you got you got months and months and months. You get 82 games. Define his role and get him in a role that you're that you're that you want him in and that's comfortable for him, and define it for him and get him out there and play him consistently. Let him know his role and don't yank him as soon as things go south in a game or two. So I just think that there needs to be a little bit more commitment to Jonathan Kuminga, um, and yet. I'll tell you what scares the hell out of me. It scares me that they're going to maybe trade Jonathan Kuminga and Moses Moody. If Steve said, "Hey, I'm, I'm, we're thinking about trading these guys," I'd say, "How about play them more? You know, how about play those guys a little bit more?" I, I think, in defense of Steve Kerr, 
and the Golden State Warriors, where you hear a lot, well, why don't you go with the rookies? Why aren't the rookies getting more run? That The Golden State Warriors, unlike that of the majority of teams in the NBA, are one of those plug-and-play, and, and the goal is to win an NBA championship. They're, that's basically, you know, that's the high-water mark, and they're in that conversation, and this is, you know, as long as Steph and company are upright and still are somewhat in their prime, and Steve Kerr is still Steve Kerr, then the goal is, once again, to run it back and win another title. What's difficult for any rookie that's coming in to a franchise or a team where that's the goal, this isn't Washington, it's not Detroit, it's not Charlotte, it's not Portland, it's not Utah. You're just not going to get a lot of run if you're Jonathan Kaminga two years ago or Moses Moody. It's going to be limited because, you know, we got three Hall of Famers and Andrew Wiggins and Kevon Looney, and they're, you know, in many regards, a, a historic starting lineup. So any, I think you have to take into account that the Golden State Warriors are a team that aspires to titles, and for any young player that's coming into a system like that, that they've got to recognize that they've got to earn minutes and that they're going to be on a much, much shorter leash if they were with one of the before mentions, the Detroits of the world. I mean, you look at OKC, and OKC, along with Minnesota, have now, you know, ascended to the top of the conference. And why is that? Well, because all those kids for the last two or three years got a chance to make all those mistakes. Josh Giddy and, you know, Chet Holmgren and company, although Chet was out last year, but Jalen Williams, all those young players that are now coming into fruition including Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They all got a chance in real time for 82 games to play, play poorly, play good, take a step forward, take two steps back on crappy teams. Well, the Golden State Warriors have never been that. So it's a difficult balancing and juggling act, I think, for Steve Kerr to appease the youngers, youngsters and still be relevant, if that makes any sense. Uh, to me, it just uh, I think that if Kuminga went to the glass and rebounded more, there'd probably be more minutes for him. I mean, take a look at what he's done in the month of December. He's had like six games where he had five uh, under five rebounds. Pajemski's got no games where he's had under five rebounds. Pajemski's had the last four or five games, nine, ten, seven, five, 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 seven, eleven. I mean, he's, he rebounds the ball. And I mean, what what you know? People talk about, oh man, I would love to see Wiggins get back to the Wiggins that he was when the Warriors won the title. What did he do on that run? He rebounded yes, he the basketball, did. you know, and he did it consistently. And when you rebound, you, you know, obviously you get more possessions. It helps your team. Um, it's the workmanlike stuff that. You know, I'd love to see Wiggins rebound a little better. I'd love to see Kaminga, especially since Kaminga's got the talent to really, if he devoted himself to it. Um, but why I don't want to move Kaminga is that, man, when he gets in defensive position and you're looking at him, you're like, wow, man, look at this guy in, in total defensive position. 6'9", long arms, great quickness. Good luck getting around him. He can devo- devo- uh, defend multiple positions, and I just think there's upside potential for him to be just a lockdown, awesome defender. And we're not seeing it consistently, but, man, he flashes it. And when you're watching it, you're like, wow. This, this is what this guy potentially could do. So um, I had a buddy of mine, Dan, who threw out a trade the other day, and I, and I was like, wow, I don't know if, uh, if Phoenix would do that. But his trade was Wiggins, Green, and Moody, and maybe a, a, a pick or two to the Suns for Durant. And I, I, you know, I, I thought, well, first my first thing was, dude, why is, why, why is Phoenix doing that? Right? But... You know, if if Phoenix was of the mindset to move on from KD, that I mean, to more more so than Siakam, KD is the kind of guy that I think if you added to this mix, I know it'd be a second time around, it'd be a huge emotional thing, and you'd be moving Draymond Green in this trade. But to me, if you really want to give Steph another chance to win a title. That is more the kind of move that I would want to make. Now, I don't know that Phoenix would do it, and I don't know how many number one picks you'd have to throw at them, and they probably would want Kaminga in that deal as well. But that does work in the trade machine. Wiggins, Green, Moody, and picks for for KD. Um, if I could make that move, I would make that move. And even though KD's whatever he is, 35 or whatever. 
Yeah. But I don't know that Phoenix is in that mindset to move on from him, but I, I guarantee you that Dunleavy's probably considering any and all options uh, out there as you know, when the trade as the trade deadline draws closer, what's it first week in February, something like that? Yes, and it's not going well for Phoenix. They just snapped a three game losing streak, and the experiment with with Beal and KD and uh, Booker is just it's it's not working. So if this continues, they may look to unload. Lucas is like, there's no way that's enough for KD. Well, there's absolutely no way that's enough. That's why my first reaction was, there's no way. But how many number ones? Well, that's what this comes down to. You're going to have to get rid of someone like Jonathan Kaminga. If you want to improve your team this year, you have to give up a promising young asset. And this team doesn't have that many. I mean, they have more right now than they probably have over the last couple years with how good Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis have been. But you're going to have to move off Kaminga. Those guys are untouchable, I think. I, I think if Kerr was here, he would say there's no way in hell you could touch either one of those two guys. Trace uh, Jackson well, Davis or Pajemski? You don't care yeah. about getting better then. Well, no, I got Kaminga. If I'm going to think about you know a trade piece that I don't want to move off on, I could be convinced if I'm Steve Kerr that Kaminga's that guy. But in terms of Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis, no. Because if I'm going to abridge you know, and stay relevant as these guys get older, I'm talking about the foundation and Draymond, Stephen Clay, the Hall of Famers, and if I'm going to bridge and stay relevant, I need a core. I need a future. And that's, you know, that's who those two are to me. Well, I mean, that's, and that's, that's the Joe question, too. It's like, all right, Joe, you got this opulent, unbelievable arena that's very, very expensive. You don't want to gut your team and drive it off a cliff, which is why you, what even brought you to the two-timeline concept is the, the idea is you know what? You got to have somebody who's driving people through the turnstiles to pay big dollars uh, to fill up that arena. So I understood business wise. In some ways, when I took the tour for the Chase, the, you know, Chase Center the first time, I thought, "Wow, look at this place! This is really, really something else." In some ways, the Warrior business community challenged the Warrior basketball people to keep this thing going beyond. The basketball lifespan of Clay, Draymond, and Steph, because that arena is so fancy and so opulent and so beautiful and so expensive that you're going to have to have a good team. You're going to have to have good, you know, a good team for a number of years to drive three people through the turnstiles. So, um, so it's going to be. I don't, I don't envy Dunleavy. No, you know, I he's a young D- GM in his first go around. He's got big decisions. On his on his table, and um, there, I'll say this: If you move Jonathan Kuminga, you better get something going in the present that's going to be worth what that kid's going to evolve into in the future. You're exactly right, Larry. I want to say something to you guys, to the listeners, and most pointedly at our YouTube comments, because when I said you have to get rid of someone like Kuminga to get anything back in the short term, I hear a lot of Warrior fans say we're wasting Steph's prime. Right, You heard that right. before they won the championship. You heard that last year. You heard that even probably at some point this year. you got to make some decisions on where your priorities are as Warriors fans and where your priorities are if you're Joe Lacob or Mike Dunleavy. You have to make some decisions. Do you care about the bridge to the next great Warriors team or do you care about this time right now with Steph Curry? Those are the hard decisions they're making and these are the things you have to wrestle with as a Warriors fan. How much do you want to see what Jonathan Kaminga can be in a couple years in a Warriors uniform? Or do you want to try and win a title? Like, you have to be able to make that decision in your own mind as a Warriors fan because that will get that will get to the, bait, the, the base of your decision in this question. Well, I think getting back to Joe Lacob, he sees this through a business lens. And you're right, Larry. I, I think that, you know, there was talk a couple of years ago when they had the lottery picks, we'll give up those lottery picks and let's go get Bradley Beal and let's win right now. There was no way in hell. First of all, it was so unique that a team that good and still had these guys in their prime, relatively speaking, and I'm talking about the Hall of Fame core, and you got two lottery picks. Of course, Joe Lacob, listen, I don't have to win titles. I just need to stay relevant. I just have to get us into the playoffs because you need people to... You know, that's a, that's a revenue model. He sees this through an entirely different prism than the typical fan, I think. When you're looking at it from a business context, yes, you got to keep pushing that ball down the road, man. 
this whole idea, let's go in, let's all go in right now, this year, from a CEO and a guy who comes from a business background, makes no sense. Because you're thinking about tomorrow, and you're thinking about funding a new stadium. And so Joe Lake may see this through an entirely different uh, lens than, than any of us. So let's get out to the phone lines. 888 If you want to get on JK, do you trade him? Do you hang on him? What do you think about the youth going forward? We start things with David hanging out in Berkeley. David, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, the one question I keep hearing is uh, about developing the players, and nobody brings up the assistant coaches. Kerr can't, can't be the guy to develop. It's assistant coaches and how many we've lost. That has been the key to everything. And you just look at the, 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 the coaches that we've lost and, you, and all these guys that you have on the bench that are what, – what are they doing? You, you talk about development, commingling all well. The San Antonio, when they were going well, they developed. Kawhi Leonard was developed. Kaminga has not been developed because you don't have assistant coaches that can. You got ex-coaches that weren't good coaches now on the bench, and nobody has said anything about Atkinson and all the rest of the guys. I'm I, I just trying to figure out wh- wh- where are you. You talk about the players and everything else, but but, but what's going on with that? Here, so that's, I'll that's also a key part of development. That's development. I hear you. I totally hear you. But I mean, the NBA GM survey. Doesn't Kenny Atkinson get voted like the last three years as like the number one assistant in the entire league by GMs around the league? But I don't think Atkinson, and if he's alluding to Mike Brown now in Sacramento, they're not working with players on a daily basis. Those are the guys in the sitting behind the bench. Those are the guys that are working with the Kamingas on a daily basis. I don't think guys that have that assistant or sitting next to Steve Kerr, I don't think that's their role when it comes to Kenny Atkinson. You're talking about Mike Brown. So... What he's referring to, if you're talking about development, it's that you know that tabernacle choir of all those guys that are sitting. They go like, you know, I laugh because when I was growing up, you had like three dudes on the bench with the assistant coaches. Now they go like the fans were in round row two. Yeah, they got like now, they got now, fourteen now the deep. assistants are in row two. But those assistants, I think, sitting behind Steve Kerr, the guys that none of us are really familiar with, that's where all the developing begins and ends. Let's get out to. Uh, you had something to say you want to talk well, about? Well, no, I, I saw somebody on the uh, 925 on the on the text line said, Larry uh, Pods has more rebounds in Kuminga, partly because he gets at least 10 to 15 more minutes a game. That's not true. Pods plays in the month of December 29.2 minutes per game on average. Kuminga's playing 24 and a half. So, you know, it's, it's try five more minutes. He's getting Kuminga's playing five fewer minutes per game than Pajemski, not ten to fifteen. Want to get out to Albany and Kevin? Before I take you now, I don't know if someone's. Well, I tell you what, I'm just without further ado. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tease this anymore. I won't even. I won't even read what it is that's next to your name. Well, I am trading Curry. Oh. Kevin, you better come strong, oh. my man. Talk to me. Hey, look, man, I, you know, I go back to the Bernard King, J.B. Carroll days. I've been a diehard Dubs fan for, for a long time. But, look, and I'm not suggesting this, but if the Warriors are really serious about getting Curry another ring, maybe we should talk about trading him if you want to get him another ring. Because the way this team is going and everything is the way it is, it, it, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I mean, look, we're talking about keeping a 20-year-old talented player or or getting rid of them or or what this isn't the the dubs way are you driving curry are you driving home from the holiday party there kev you've been swimming in the uh the holiday punch like i said i don't you know i'm not i don't even uh like i said it's sacrilegious to even bring it up but how serious are the dubs about getting them another ring i mean i okay first of all when people say hey talk about getting steph another ring they're talking about getting Steph another yeah, ring with another team with the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> and then, if you ask yourself, where would if Steph were going to play somewhere besides here, sure. where do you think he would be? Where do you think he would want to play? If you ask me that question, my guess would be Charlotte, where he's from, or Madison Square Garden. And yet, he's not winning a ring in either spot. <laughs> so. Um, so if there, if the Knicks were a step away, or if Charlotte were a step away, a, you know, Steph Curry away, um, 
you know, maybe if they had the right pieces and, uh, you know, you, but no, <laughs> just no. Uh, I can't even think of another spot that they would. I think I would be very interested to know if Steph, if it came right down to it, Steph, would you rather finish here or get that one more ring? What would he say to that? Would he rather finish here or get one more ring if he couldn't do both? I, I think he'd rather finish here. Yeah, he's entrenched in this. But community. maybe not. Uh, that's maybe he wants that ring. Maybe he, maybe he feels like that ring. You know his legacies. He's a he's a he, he's already one of the greatest players of all time. That's never going to change, whether he wins any more rings or not. If ever there was a player in the history of sports that is untradeable, it's Steph Curry. <laughs> and I don't need to sit here and tell you what he means. We just talked about Joe Lacob and revenue and how he sees things going forward with the new stadium. But what it is that's you can't uh, he pulls down more than fifty million dollars a year. That's still underpaid for what what he means in terms of PR, brand, merch. There's you can't put a price tag on what it is that he's worth to a basketball team, not only as a player, but in every other regard. Oh my god. And and if you're Dunleavy, the one mistake I mean, and the, believe me, Mike Dunleavy's not um gonna make this mistake. But you gotta know if you're entertaining, because like who knows, maybe the Nurkic uh, head slap put Draymond in a different category with the Warriors than he was prior to that, or maybe Clay's season this year has put him in a different category uh, with the Warriors and how they view his his or or the fact that they've offered him two years and whatever it is, fifty million, and he doesn't sound like he's too excited about that. Maybe these things have put him in a different category. But the one thing, if I'm Dunleavy, that I gotta know is I got to know how Steph would react to a trade involving either one of those guys before I make the trade. Because could you imagine if they traded a Draymond Green in some deal and then Steph was like, I'm outraged, I want out. <laughs> That's it. That's my guy, I want out. Oh, he's definitely you got You've got to cross that bridge of talk, communicating with him and figuring out where he is in this thing and where how... Uh, you know, how he feels about it and how he wants to play his hand of cards. All right, we are presented by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. We see you on the line. Grandpa, Daddy, Mark in San Francisco, Jonathan in the city. You guys got to hang out through the break. We'll be, uh, we'll be quick, but stay right there. We'll get to your calls. We're going to continue with the conversation about the Golden State Warriors as they get ready for the Miami Heat. All of the action right here on 95.7 The Game. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. It is Larry Kruger and Dan Avone. We're talking about the Golden State Warriors as they get ready to go back into action a couple of days off after losing on Christmas Day to the Denver Nuggets, a game in which they were right in up until the closing moments. And now a chance to get back on the... Uh, winning track with a opportunity tonight against a depleted Miami Heat team that will be without their star, Jimmy Butler, as well as a host of other players, including Caleb Martin and some others. Kyle Lowry not going to be able to go tonight. So a golden opportunity for the Golden State Warriors to get once again back over 500, a team that it was less than, what, 10 days ago that they were four games under 500. So as bad as it might sound, 15 up and 15 down, you'll take it considering they were at 10 and 14 just about a week ago. But the five game winning streak coming to an end, and a good chance tonight to get over 500 against a team. The uh, Miami Heat, despite coming in as one of the best out in the Eastern Conference at 18 and 12, but once again, they're going to be without the services of some of their key players, including Mr. Jimmy Butler. All right, phone lines are open 888 9570. Grandpa Daddy gets us going. Off to Hayward. Grandpa, what's on your mind? Hello, gentlemen. What's LeBron up? and Mr. Kruger 
That's a good team. I like you guys. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. <laughs> Happy holidays. Me and too. I just wanted to let you know, I, I'm driving around, you know, checking my job sites. I'm a contractor. I own a construction company. I got my daughter in the back, and she's asleep. And I'm listening to you guys. You make my day. I really want to thank all you gentlemen, man. Very cool, man. Very cool. I'll tell you, you know? there's a lot of cool compliments people give, but one of my favorite is, hey, man, you get me through my work day. Uh, because, you know, that's the cool thing about sports radio, man. You, it's a companion to you as you're driving along, going from job to job, and uh, in the dialogue, it passes the time. It's good stuff. Yeah, appreciate you, man. More than you know, but you, you know it. Thank you. I, I just want to let you... I just want to make a comment. I think, look, for one thing, Steph isn't going anywhere. In, in fact, he's gonna he he might even be in the organization as he retire, and he might even be a GM in, in the Warriors organization. He ain't going anywhere. But you you should package Kaminga. Kaminga doesn't rebound enough. He he's starving for minutes. But, bro, you're a youngster. You need to just put your head down. Just like when I was swinging a hammer when I was young, you know, the veterans were like, dude, we're, you know, I'm humping wood and doing everything. It took me two, three years before they like, okay, come up here and start framing. You know what I'm saying, Grandpa Daddy? Come here and start doing it. You got to put in your, you got to put in your time, bro, no matter how good you are. He needs to do that. He's not rebounding enough. He thinks he's all that in the bag of chips plus packs. And he's good. Don't get me wrong. But if you package him with someone else, don't get rid of Moody, bro. Don't get rid of Moody, dog. And Larry, I know you see that. Kaminga and and somebody else. But what do you think about Steph ain't going to get rid of Draymond Green. What do you think about Steph and Draymond Green connection? You know the big three been together so long. What do you guys think about that? I mean, it's... You know, I mean, it's a tough thing to evaluate. Um, is it is it Steph's call? Is it not Steph's call? It did did um, when he slugged, and I say I always use head slap because that's really what it was. He head slapped like Deacon Jones, Yusuf Nurkic, and and the look on the bench was like almost like dudes were done with him. And I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of people. I heard Ibanya say it. Listen, driving in from Santa Clara. That he's like done with Draymond and wants to move off of Draymond. Um, all that matters is where's Steph in this mix? I'm I've been a huge Draymond apologist through the years. Um, why? Because I just think that what he delivers is he's not just he's not just their best facilitator. He's their intimidator. He's their shot blocker, rim protector. I mean, there are very few guys that fill all the roles that Draymond does. He's a facilitator. He's a rim protector. He's the will of the team. He's the he, he he's the competitor. He's the I don't know. I mean, if Steph is Steph's obviously the best player, but Draymond is like the heart and soul of the Warriors, and they've they've leaned on him in such a huge way um, that I just can't picture life without him. But did that head slap of Nurkic change the way the Warriors feel about Draymond? And it could. I don't know though. What do you think, Dan? I mean, if it did, then maybe. Maybe he's one of the guys that Dunleavy would listen to offers for, uh, but I gotta think that you would have to run that by Steph Curry, and wouldn't that be wouldn't that play like a betrayal um, if if Draymond or Clay knew that Steph signed off on them being included in a deal? That's why I just can't picture it unless it's for like an ultimate player like a KD. You know, if you could somehow get Durant, then. Durant's in his own category. He's a made man in his own right. He's like at a totally different level. For for Pascal Siakam, really? You're going to break up the big three for Pascal Siakam and let him walk at the end of the year? I mean, you could look really, really bad. And as far as Kuminga, I'm not totally, I won't move Kuminga, but I got to know what's coming back, and it better be good. I think the big question that the Golden State Warriors, and it's never easy, especially when you talk about dynasties, which never end well, is at what point do you move off on one of those three? Obviously, Steph isn't going anywhere. And you got to get ahead of that. 
You know, I know you can go back to the days of the 49ers, and one of the reasons why Bill Walsh was ahead of his time is that he had an affinity, and yes, he enjoyed uh, Ronnie Lott and Jerry Rice, but he would beat you to the punch. He would not... He was... He was very conscious of not getting old together. If you're going to be relevant and make hard business decisions, you got to let guys go. And a lot of that was predicated because he saw the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was the previous dynasty prior to Bill Walsh and the 49ers, get old with the Steel Curtain and Terry Bradshaw and that love affair they have with that blue-collar town. And they said, well, none of these... You trade Rocky Blyer, what are you, out of your mind? And so they all got old together, and then they were irrelevant for decades until Neil O'Donnell somehow took them to a Super Bowl. And I think Bill Walsh and company, I don't mean to go back in the time machine, but he set the standard that you got to stay ahead of that curve. And as it relates to the Golden State Warriors, to fast forward to 2023, the emotion, the sentimentality, you got to check that at the door, I think, when it comes to professional sports, if you want to continue to win. It's, it's, a, one thing. it's a weird deal, though. I mean, you're totally right, by the way, bringing up Walsh. He believed in get rid of a player a year too soon instead of a year too late. All the great personnel people, regardless of sport, there's a relative coldness to their personality. And it's I, in my opinion, it's the reason that Bob Myers isn't here. It's because I think Bob Myers, is he's warm. He's got a warmth to his personality. And I don't think he wanted any part of having his fingerprints on the deconstruction of this beautiful basketball team that he created. So I I don't think he wanted any part of that. What surprised me the most about Joe Lacob is he also, for a self-made billionaire, I thought he was going to have that Bill Walsh coldness, like, hey, you know what, it's all about the the numbers and then, you know, being very cold about things. I just saw him as that, and yet, Based on the evidence that we have, he seems to be in the other direction, that he's that he's got this warmth to him and that he's bought into going to the finish line with Clay and, and Draymond and Steph. And is he doing it because he thinks that's going to make the most number of people go through the turnstiles? Or is he doing it because he's also in love with the the, the idea of it? It almost seems like there's a little warmth to Lakeup, where I thought he was going to be cold, um, and I de- we'll find out about Dunleavy because Dunleavy's got his fingers fingers on the pulse, and it's his job to to do the job. But I, I couldn't, I I can never picture Myers being comfortable trading Draymond Green or or Clay Thompson, and it's going to take a, a GM who can look beyond um, you know maybe even his own personal feelings to to see that become a reality. Back out to the phone line, San Francisco, the location. Let's hear from Mark, who wants to talk about a potential J.K. deal. What's up, Mark? Hey, guys. Nice. Uh, great show you guys are doing, filling in. Nice Appreciate job. you. Kaminga's uh, um, a beast. You keep him, no doubt. Larry, you're right. Four, four guys I would keep. I'd put, I put five in that. Steph, Draymond, uh, TJD, uh, Kaminga. And the kid Pazimski, maybe even Wiggins, maybe six. Those are six core guys I wouldn't touch. This team could win. Kerr, I love Kerr, but he's coached us out. He coached us into the sixth spot last year and out of the Lakers series last year by the guys he plays at the end of games, and he's doing it again this year. They should be over five hundred. All these games, they got twenty games within five points at crunch time. A good example. Of this is the lineup he puts in the other night to close the game out. Looney, Clay, uh, Chris Paul, Steph, and Wiggins. You can't put Looney and Clay. I love Looney and Clay, but they're slow. They have no rotational defense when those two guys are on the floor together. They can't get to their rotations, period. Kaminga might not know where to be, but he can get there with his athleticism. It's, it's, I, I hate watching him at the end of games. He, he does it every game. At the end of games, he puts in this lineup based on seniority and not, in, not on ability. So that's my take. I appreciate it. You know, one the one thing I'll say about I know a lot of people will say Looney. Oh my God, how could you move Looney? How about this? I looked this up the other day. Looney, I believe, has one double double all year. I think T- TJD has two. I mean, think about that. Think about how little TJD has played, and yet I think he's got two double doubles. And I think we're not talking about in and out. And uh, and I think Looney's got one, one double double all year. So I don't know. I mean, I, I Kavan's a fa- Kerr loves the man he calls Loon. Loves him. 
loves him. He said it doesn't want to doesn't would never want to move advocate moving him. But that, that's what I'm saying. This can be some tough decisions. I think that caller though brought up something that's really interesting, and that is that Steve Kerr is one of the greatest coaches in the history of the NBA, in my opinion. Uh, Steve Kerr is definitely one of the best coaches in the NBA today, in my opinion. And yet, I've I've read all the the you know I've read all the the blogs and all the comments. The Warrior fan in the last, I'll say, year and a half, has turned on Steve Kerr, and now doesn't hold him in as high regard. I've heard people say, you know what, Kerr is the problem with Kuminga. And wait, don't trade Kuminga. Wait for Kerr to be done, and then make a decision on Kuminga. And I thought to myself, and I know people who are like, you know, fire Kerr, fire Kerr. I mean, I'm like, guys, do you remember you guys forgetting those parades? I mean, I mean, they've won titles under Kerr. He's one of the great coaches. I mean, he's coaching the Olympic team for crying out loud. He's a phenomenal coach. But Warrior fans and. You know who you are if you're listening to this right now. There are Warrior fans that were all in on Kerr two years ago that today would be fine if he drove off into the sunset. How does that happen so fast? I mean, talk about what have you done for me lately? Well, I think that you just nailed it. I think that's just sort of, that's fandom. It's just if you, a little taste of losing and... You know, people have got to point a finger. It's a players' league, though. Yeah. I mean, it's so oh, obvious no, they don't absolutely. have the play. It, it, it's their players need. You know, they need better players. They don't need, and they need more players in their prime. Look around the league. There's so many talented players now. I watch OKC. They look great. I watch Minnesota. They look great. Every team's got all these young players with size. Mm-hmm. New Orleans looks good. All these teams look good, and they've got all these talented players that all have size and young. And they're young, and they've got three and four of them on every roster. It's a this league is very, I mean, the West especially very, very competitive. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM, and HD One San Francisco, always live on the free Odyssey app, Twitch, and YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 